0: The story.
1: I was out one night in the middle of the night in the park and I was just scared and desperate and I cried out and I was like, is this what I was made for? You know, I was screaming at the top of my lungs and I was just so desperate. In that moment, I just felt a deep sense in my heart of love all of a sudden and just an inner voice saying, no, I did not create you for that and I'm going to show you a way out.
0: G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have part two of our conversation with Sarah Smith, who's joining us from her home in Perth and sharing how the Lord set her free from drug addiction and dysfunctional relationships. Last time, we heard how Sarah grew up in a turbulent home and mistakenly blamed herself for her parents' divorce. Sadly, this led her to loathe herself, and her life went on a downward spiral. Today, we'll hear how the Lord leads her out of the darkness and into the light. Once again, Sarah's chatting with Eric Scadabo.
1: The time that I was involved with the bikers, they told me that they owned me. Hmm. I was their territory. I would never break free. Um, I'll always belong to them. Yeah, that that was always in the back of my mind. And I was always fearful of that
2: hmm.
1: um, with actually being sent away um and then i arrived in perth and it started again because the addiction doesn't stop just because i've geographically moved right right the addiction i'm, I'm i take me wherever i go
2: yeah wherever and, you go that's where you are
1: uh exactly and i was still very heavily addicted and within mm. weeks i was looking desperately for drugs and it doesn't take long to find someone um, when you've got that kind of addiction. you they, it just There's like an antenna mm. on you and on them. It's a connection that you make with the person because you just you just know, oh, I bet you that person does, blah, blah, blah. And I did. I found someone and then they took me to their drug dealer and I became in a relationship with that dealer again. This time he wasn't a, a bikey, but he was involved with them by selling for them and things like that and
2: so unfortunately it sounds like this was a very unhealthy relationship
1: it was a very unhealthy relationship he was violent he he was very broken himself um he was quite psychotic
2: Hmm.
1: and very heavily addicted to to ice as well Mm -hmm um so yeah it was a progression of addiction like it started off with just speed and amphetamines and then it grew to like over in Perth there's quite a lot of ice and that's Mm. it's a very strong form of amphetamine Mm. um and yeah so he would be violent towards me and it just all of this reaffirmed who I you know the that I was a nothing, I was not lovable, I Mm. was, you know, just scum. And, yeah, so through there I I was out one night in the middle of the night in the park and I was just scared and desperate and I cried out and I was like, is this what I was made for? You know, I was screaming at the top of my lungs and Mm. I was just so desperate. You know, did I just get dealt a bad hand? Because that was my way of thinking—that you know, you're you're all just you're—it's all by luck that you either get a good or a bad life. But didn't there was no other concept of spirituality Mm -hmm. or anything like that um, at the time. And in that moment, you know, it was in the middle of the night, and I just felt a deep sense in my heart of love all of a sudden, and just an inner voice saying, "No, I did not." create you for that. And I'm going to show you a way out. And from there, you know, with the Employment Plus, I met somebody um, that was counseling me through the personal support program.
2: And I Let's just back up a little bit before you get to that. hmm. So, you didn't know anything about calling on God or anything. You were just calling out in desperation to, what, anyone? The universe. The universe? Yeah. Yeah. I was desperate. But of course, God heard you.
1: And God heard me. I know it was God now mm-hmm. because yeah. He did. He, he led me to to this personal support program, which also then she showed me that there was a Salvation Army rehab, and I went there. And yeah, it wasn't great at first. I only lasted three hours, um, but and then you, I you only lasted at, three hours. The first time I went to rehab, I lasted three hours.
2: What did you do? Yeah,
1: I um, I called up the the boyfriend dealer to come and get me.
2: So and you would he, rather go back to the guy who's beating you at that point.
1: At that point, than Then yeah. go through the
2: rehab. I mean, yeah. that's how desperate and enslaved to drugs you were at that point. Is that right?
1: I was very enslaved to drugs at mm. that point. Yeah, And there was uh, coming off, the ice was very scary,
2: hmm. your
1: body just goes into spasms your whole your your mind is working, but your body is not mm-hmm. It's very scary. I was seeing things that were very dark hmm. and um it was just too hard it was too scary and too hard to do so i, yeah, I that, that's
2: that's really interesting. I mean, I don't know anything about drug taking I haven't had that mm-hmm. in my past. So you would think, hey, life's bad. I should probably do something to make my life better. But Mm. you're saying it's not that easy because you're under this grip of this strong drug.
1: Absolutely. And also, with uh, you know, knowing now as a Christian looking back, there was a fight for my life, a fight Mm. for my soul.
2: Yeah, yeah, the devil wants you enslaved.
1: The devil wants me enslaved and he did not want to let go. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to find freedom. God had spoken a word into my heart that he was going to show me a way out Mm -hmm. and the devil was going to stop as much as he could to stop that from happening. Yeah. And so that dealer was almost on his way when I called him. He was like, yeah, I was on my way to get you. Like it was if he already knew I was going Mm. to leave. Mm. Um, And then, yeah, it was obviously I realized very quickly when I was back in that relationship that this is definitely not where I want to be and I'm Mm. going to give it another go. And so I went back and I got through the program. Yeah, um, there was a time during this time that once I I'd finished the Salvation Army drug program, I thought I need to get out of Perth and I went to Sydney mm-hmm. and I was I was desperate still because I, I I hadn't quite found freedom. Even though I had been through the drug rehab and mm-hmm. everything like that, I hadn't being completely set free. I still had the desire to use drugs. I still Mm. had the desire to self-medicate. I hadn't really faced what I needed to face at that time.
2: Well, at at its root, correct me if I'm wrong, but at its root, you were trying to deaden the pain?
1: Yes. And the pain kept trying to come back up. And so, Mm. I was trying to push it back down
2: And your way of deadening the pain, of course, was the drugs. So if you don't take the drugs, then you're going to just feel the pain.
1: That's right. That's right. And I thought, again, if I ran away and started afresh, I went to Sydney, and um, I thought that, you know, maybe life would change in my limited understanding and processes of, you know, how Mm -hmm. the human being works, how the mind works.
2: Well, I mean, it Um, makes sense. Hey, maybe I just need a fresh start. But- mm -hmm. That might be the answer to some problems, but not if you have a deep, strong addiction. Just the new yes. geographic location isn't going to fix an addiction.
1: No, because you take you wherever you go.
2: Mm, right. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, and so I, I, uh, I sent. I went to Sydney, and I found a car because I, I I went and used again. I went back to drugs even after you know finishing the rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I found I was very hungry. <laughs> after coming down off some drugs and I found a card at Darling Harbour and it said, free barbecue, get on, go to this train station and there'll be a bus at that train station waiting for you and get on the bus. I know it sounds odd, but this did happen.
2: Hmm. Yeah. So out of the blue, you're hungry and you hear there's a place for food.
1: Yes, correct. And I went there and I got on this bus with all these strange people and it took us to a car park
2: Hmm.
1: and the car park uh, it was an underground car park and I had a stage there. There was lots of people. Obviously, there was no cars. It was just set up for a barbecue and, and everything, and there was lots of people there. They were really friendly, very happy, and, you know, they gave me some food and there was music and it was lovely, and they made an announcement um, after, a, a, you know, a, a short amount of time to say "There's, um, we're going to open these doors. If you want to come in, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a service And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I went in anyway. There was lots of lights and glam. It was quite bright and light, and um, I went in there and, yeah, and I found out that it was Hillsong Church.
2: Oh, okay.
1: In in Redfern in Sydney.
2: Hmm.
1: And, um, yeah, I don't remember a whole lot of what was said, but I do remember them calling out to say, if you want to receive Jesus, come to the front. I didn't hesitate. All I remember is I was at the front with my hands in the air saying, yeah, I received Jesus into Mm. my heart. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And from there, the battle really
2: begun. What what do you mean by that?
1: Well, you know, um, then I had to make choices. Um, I'd received Jesus into my heart. I did feel a change. Mm-hmm. I felt lighter, mm-hmm. but there was still that tug of war going on, and it was real. I could recognize what the battle was now. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to use anymore, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. I, it's like it's there was just such a pull.
2: Yeah. It was such a pull. Sounds like you were kind of like uh, Paul in Romans chapter 7 where he says, I, I do the things I don't want to do, and what I do want to do, I don't do, and that kind of thing. So that kind of battle it going on inside of you. In me yes mm-hmm.
1: yeah. absolutely that that's y- you a very wanted fear. to do
2: better but
1: i did i did i wanted to follow jesus but i didn't know how mm-hmm. um all i knew was what i'd done for the past how many years mm-hmm. you know through the most precious years of my life unfortunately were wasted on drugs and mm-hmm. that's all i knew yeah bad relationships drugs alcohol you know, darkness. And so this light coming in, I didn't know how to live in that light.
2: It's like trying to learn a whole new language in a sense.
1: Yeah, it Mm. was.
0: You're listening to The Story. Our guest today is once again Sarah Smith, who's sharing with us her journey to freedom from drug addiction. We'll hear more of Sarah's story and how the Lord has blessed her life when we return Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. Today, our guest once again is Sarah Smith, who's joining us from her home in Perth and sharing how the Lord set her free from drug addiction and dysfunctional relationships. Now, here's more of Sarah chatting with Eric Scadabo.
1: And then, you know, somebody I knew found me um, through email and, you know, I, I came back to Perth They encouraged me to come back to Perth. I probably shouldn't have, but I did. And yeah, went back to another rehab and went to, you know, a place called Esther House for five months. Yeah, I did Bible college for three and a half years at Victory Life Center. Mm -hmm. I was trying, but the desire was still to use. The Mm -hmm. desire was, I've still got all this pain and hurt, and I just want it to, I just want to feel better. So there was just this tug of war
2: do you think Um, do you think maybe that desire to go back to the drugs was in part because you still had all that pain from your childhood and that was the way of dealing with that pain that was what was making it so hard to stay away from that strong desire for drugs
1: absolutely every time that I would get clean they call it clean and sober Mm -hmm. all the memories would start flooding up sorry I'm I'm gonna gonna cry (laughs) Yeah, it was tough because then you're faced with with everything again and all the pain and the hurt and not being lovable and not having Mm. my family in my life and the rejection was a massive Mm. part of it. So, yeah, I just wanted to continue to suppress all of that Mm. because I didn't know how to deal with the pain. I just didn't know how.
2: Yeah, so often we think of... You know people taking drugs and oh that's a problem they need to fix that problem but i guess you're helping me realize it's more than just the drugs there's a whole lot more going on why the person is taking the drugs
1: yeah the drugs are just a symptom it's that's yeah. just surface surface mm-hmm. level we yeah. we shouldn't judge people you know you just only god knows their story and what they have been yeah. through yeah. and what led them to that I still take responsibility that, you know, I I still chose to do that. I don't blame anyone for that. Mm. I I can't justify it. But there are reasons why why people, you know, choose those ways or Mm. try and deal with, you know, especially when you've got limited understanding of what's available out there. yeah, nowadays, I know that there's so many rehab, there's so much help out there. there's you know drop-in centers, mm. there's rehabs, there's so many support groups, there's a lot. I didn't know any of that growing mm. up.
2: yeah, you
1: know, uh, I'm just so thankful that there's so many now that are
2: available for mm-hmm. people. And what was it for you? What finally mm. helped you turn the corner and beat the addiction?
1: Well, I had a very special person come into my life. Her name is Pastor Cynthia Richardson. And, yeah, she just seen the good of me. Mm. She accepted me and she loved me. And even when after Bible college I went back to drugs, she didn't let me go. Mm. She met with me even when I was high. She told me that she was holding on to God and holding on to me Mm. and she wasn't going to let go. And she was a woman of her word. Mm. She didn't. She fought for my life and, you know, with, with Jesus' help, <laughs> we got there and um, she let me stay at her house, which was a real risk for her, you know, mm. with the people I was mixing with. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she let me stay there while I, because, oh, so what happened was she, she got me to call Teen Challenge. Now, Teen Challenge Grace Academy, which is, it's not just teen, it's also adult.
2: It's a Christian drug rehabilitation program?
1: It sure is, Mm -hmm. yes. It's actually worldwide.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, It started in the U.S. It's international.
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And um, so um, she made me become aware of that and... Uh, the first time I booked to go on the bus, because it's down in Esperance, which is nine hours away from, from where I was, mm-hmm. um, I I didn't get on the bus. I'm, I missed the bus. So she said, move in with me for the next two weeks. The next appointment, I'm going to make sure you get on that bus.
2: <laughs> now, did you miss it or was that on purpose?
1: Oh, I was just hopeless. Mm-hmm. Even if I wanted to, the tug of war was so real, mm-hmm. I anything would stop me. Mm-hmm. you know I, I believe it was the devil who's stopping me from achieving or, or being successful in anything mm. i just couldn't get it together so and maybe the fear mm. as well of of what the unknown of what i was to, to have to face i don't well, know well, exactly
2: it says here in your notes that you started to face the pain and the trauma of your past well that's a scary thought
1: it sure is and and that's where the work really begun was mm. in Teen Challenge. I finally got on the bus and arrived there and, yeah, the work begun. It's a very intense discipleship program and mm. part of that discipleship program is to face your demons, mm. face the pain of the past, um, allow the Holy Spirit to highlight things and... There was a lot of um, intense work done there. And I'm so thankful that I found freedom mm. in that place. It was definitely God's refuge for me in that season. And
2: Did it help you realize the truth that you are a precious child of God and priceless?
1: Absolutely. I learned the truth that I, the reality that I am a child of the Most High God. Mm. And mm. not that it's just for other people, but it's actually for me, mm. even the, you know the the what I was in the end was a, a junkie, and he met me in the most darkest place, and it helped me to realize when I looked back that that was him speaking to me in the park that time, mm. and he showed me the way out. Mm-hmm. It was a battle. Mm-hmm. He didn't just put it on a platter. Mm-hmm. there was i had to I had to fight as well with him for that freedom. And we did. We got there and. And I do know my identity in him now. I Mm -hmm. know that I'm loved. I know that I'm accepted. I know that people are fallible. They have their own issues. You know, my mum and dad came from brokenness themselves. Mm -hmm. They were unable to give me what I needed. And I realise now that I am accepted and and the beloved and Mm -hmm. that God is the only one that can meet my expectations. People are unable to do that, you know, and it's not fair that I put pressure on people to do that. So, yeah, I think a lot of my disappointment came from expectations of others Mm. and those expectations they were unable to meet. But I know my God can meet my expectations.
2: Amen. So all those deepest longings that you had, those good God-given longings, you were trying to meet those through counterfeits – But now, in this point in your story, you began to meet them with what God intended to meet them, with a relationship with Him. So, it sounds like that was a turning point and your heart filling up with joy.
1: Absolutely. I faced the pain and trauma of my past and I stopped running. Mm. And through that, I found true salvation in Jesus. And now, you know, after Teen Challenge, God... (laughs) blessed me with an amazing godly husband, mm. um, Todd Smith, and two beautiful, beautiful daughters, Liberty and Abigail, and they are a delight in my life.
2: And you're involved in your church and serving there as well.
1: I sure am. I'm on the worship team as backup singing there, and I love it. It's It brings me so much joy to worship the Lord. And Yeah, and I also do the cleaning um, in the church once a month, and I'm involved in amazing relationships. I I disciple a beautiful young girl, and yeah, and I'm also being discipled as well.
2: Can you share who you're discipling?
1: Um, Her name's Lily Walters, Mm -hmm. and she is an amazing young person. I'm learning so much of her (laughs) as I'm discipling her. I'm, I'm learning a lot as well. She's Just amazing. I just wanted to
2: say that Lily Walters is the sister of a past guest of ours, Lexi Walters, who is on with Ruth Brown, the daughter of the pastor of your church. So there is some interconnectedness of our past guests. And it's just wonderful to hear how Lily Walters, her life has changed. Her sister Lexi, who had been in jail for attempting mm -hmm. to stab somebody, her life has turned around she's also at your church and you're helping disciple sister lily so it's just fantastic that all these lives have turned around and you're part of that
1: yes it's just wonderful it's wonderful
2: and you're reconciled with your parents
1: yeah, I, I, I did. Um, my mum lives five minutes from me now. Oh, and my okay. mom and my stepdad mm-hmm. and they're involved in our lives and our daughters' lives mm-hmm. and which is wonderful because mm-hmm. obviously I didn't have that opportunity to have grandparents in my life, mm-hmm. but my daughters have the opportunity to have her grandparents and in their lives and um and I'm really thankful for that. And yeah, we you know, we're still growing in our relationship. There's still a lot of healing going mm-hmm. on and yeah. But it's better than ever, better Mm -hmm. than ever. And also, my dad and my brother. I mean, we're not close because my dad is in New Zealand and my brother is in Melbourne. But but we are, you know, we're we're talking with each Mm -hmm. other. We check in with each other and wish each other happy birthday and Christmas and things like that, which is wonderful. And I love them, you know. I Mm -hmm. I I forgive them, which was a massive part of um, my healing process. Mm -hmm. Was forgiving and forgiving myself. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a Pivotal moment was to understand that they were they're humans themselves, you know. They have their own stories and um, and also to forgive myself and for hating myself and and feeling those feelings and treating myself like that. So yeah, it was a it was a big part of the healing process mm-hmm. and the reconciliation. I mean, uh, that was just bonus blessings to be reconciled to my family fantastic Uh, it was just an abundance of Mm -hmm. blessings from the lord for that to happen i have healthy friendships in my life i've been in the same job for five years i've been promoted in my job god has just you know added on everything that the locust has stolen Mm. has been returned sevenfold
2: wow that is great Unfortunately, we're running out of time, but if somebody's listening today and can identify with any aspects of your story, maybe they felt responsible for their parents breaking up or they were involved in drugs or domestic violence or something like that, what would you want them most to know?
1: Don't give up. Mm -hmm. You know, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, um, Jesus wants to come in and live in your life and show you the way out. He wants to heal you and he has a plan and purpose for you. All you have to say is okay to him and he will show you the way as he did myself.
2: Amen. Sarah Smith, thank you so much for sharing your incredible
0: story with us today.
1: You're welcome. I appreciate you asking me. Thank you so much.
0: Well, that was Sarah Smith chatting with Eric Scatterbow and sharing her remarkable story of transformation and being set free from the strong grip of drug addiction. As Jesus said, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And it was great to hear how God set Sarah free and made her a new creation with a new life full of joy joy. To overflowing. Well, once again, if you can relate to any aspects of Sarah's life and would like to be set free also, why not call out to the Lord today, just like Sarah did? If you would like to pray with someone about this, our prayer line is 1 800 Pray For Me. That's 1 800 772 936. We would love to pray with you on that number again, 1 800 772 936. Well, thanks so much for joining us for Sarah's inspiring story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story, story. just another way vision is helping you look to God daily.
1: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.